All right, well, welcome to Leader Games Studio Cast. I'm Clay, and today we're going to give you an introduction and talk about why we're doing a company podcast. Now, for me personally, I really want to do a company podcast because I just see it as a way to kind of connect with the community. And a podcast will be a great way for people to get to know us and what we're doing in the studio. Uh, today, I am joined by Cole Worley, game designer here at Leader Games. And Cole, I just kind of wanted to ask you, uh, what's it like working at Leader Games? Hi, Clay. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's it's wonderful. This is a great job. Uh, and I don't, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying this because I know Patrick can hear me in the other room. Mm-hmm. Um, it, <laughs> it, it is really, it is... I've worked for big companies and small companies, uh, and for all, in, in all kinds of places. And Leader Games is in some ways a typical small company in that, you know, we have a, just a handful of people working full time here at our St. Paul offices. And then uh-huh. we've got some other people that we contract. And of course, Kyle, our artist, uh, is a full time employee, uh, but, but he's remote. And like a lot of small companies, um, it's a very horizontal, uh, company. So it's sure. very easy if you have an idea to like run it all the way up the flagpole. Um, mm-hmm. Our office is pretty cozy. It's tucked uh, in an r- old refurbished warehouse. Yeah. Tell everyone just a little bit about the studio because it's kind of a cool, cool studio, isn't it? It's- yeah, it's, it, it is. You know, I, I've worked for small companies before, but never one so close to a brewery. So we, <laughs> uh, we're in a place in St. Paul called Vandalia Tower. And it is, uh, I guess, sort of a, a creator, a maker space. I don't really know the right like term for it. You know, lots of other creative businesses in the building. Yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of graphic design, advertising firms. There's a VR cafe down the photographer down the hall. studios kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And so I, I bike into work every day, and uh, you know, I kind of bike through some nice neighborhoods in St. Paul, some older neighborhoods, and then kind of turn into this old industrial park. Um, and there are big trucks and stuff running around. And then as I, as I turn off into our complex, uh, the mood changes instantly because yeah. whereas we're in an old warehouse, I think they used to make mattresses here based on the, you know, the, the signs that are hanging up. Uh, it's next to a little brewery. There's a theater there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a nice plaza in the evening. There'll be a lot of people kind of milling about in food trucks and whatnot. And our window actually, overlooks uh, that little central plaza. Yeah. When I walk out of work at the end of the day, it's usually beautiful and sunny during the spring here, and there's a food truck and people just hanging out at the brewery. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, this can all make it sound rather fancy, but like there is a hole in our wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and yeah. so in, in the winter, it can get a little drafty, but it's, it's a nice office. The office itself is uh, sort of a really long, um, tube it's a single long room and we have it divided into different sections so when you walk in like we have a little break area set up with a refrigerator and a little tv some video games Mm -hmm. and then there's a central area which is where we have our play testing table set up and our meeting table and then uh further past that central area is sort of a big l of desks and sort of cubicles uh and in the center we kind of have like the operations staff which is where like Clay, who does sales, and Jake, who's our central operations person, they work there. And then the creative staff is kind of butted up against the back wall. And that's where Patrick and myself sure. and Nick sit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you, if you think about the listeners out there, Cole, and this is kind of our inaugural first uh, episode, 
what what do you think they want to hear? Like what they, if they're going to kind of peel back the curtains here and kind of learn and kind of find out about leader games and our creative process? What what do you think they'd want to hear about? I think the the making of games is still something that uh, a, a lot of people who play games don't really have a sense of how they get made. And, sure. You know, when you compare it to other media forms, like we've all watched a lot of movies about the making of movies. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you might have family that, that, that works in one industry or another that makes something. But when it comes to board games, you know, I, when I was working on, when, when we were getting Root off the ground, I was writing all of those designer diaries. Um, I think that there, there's a weird optics problem where if you're just reading those, it would feel a little bit sometimes like I was working on Root alone. And it was, it was kind of the classic model of how games get made, where like somebody does all this work sure. and then pitches it off to the publisher who's like a black box. And then out of that black box comes a completed game. And I think I was, I was doing my best to relate the decisions that I was making, but those, that's just one component of a much larger structure. Yeah, it was and a so, real collaboration. Sure. And I think yeah. that with something like this podcast, we can talk about all of the other decisions that are getting made that are going to, you know, lead up to a final product. Sure. Cool. So what, when you think about potential projects, Cole, like what makes you want to take on a project? Like what, what makes you kind of like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to get involved in this project. Well, for, for I think that this is a place where I get, to, I get to divide myself happily from how I think about like personal projects and how I think about a project for work. Mm-hmm. So right now I am in, um, I'm, I'm, I'm having something, I, I, I'm just been calling it studio time, but I'm sure that's not a real phrase for it, which means I kind of get to float between different projects. Like I'm working on helping, uh, do some of the development work for Vast 2, but that, that train is already moving at a pretty nice clip. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm helping, you know, coordinate some of the marketing and get the Kickstarter ready. But about half of my day is just fiddling with other projects. So, sure. you know, I have a stable of personal projects that I'm working on, but most, the vast majority of my creative time, like in an average day, is spent pushing on uh, concepts which could be viable projects. So essentially, like when I sit down at, at the desk at Leader, I it's, it's a filter that I get to place on my thinking because no sure. matter what I'm working on, it the, the, the question that it has to answer is, is this... Is there a way that this project could be a viable project for Leader Games? So that, you know, we have, mm-hmm. there's an established brand, you know, with, with our, with Kyle, uh, we have an established look and with, with Patrick's kind of design ethos and creative direction, we have the, you know, this notion of asymmetry and kind of innovation in the games. And sure. so I'm all like the, those two, uh, criteria are, are the, the first barriers any idea has to pass. Although lots of stuff passes through that. I mean, I think like a lot of other industries, it's very easy to generate ideas. Uh, Patrick's yeah. got a huge list of potential projects that we could work on. I've got a bunch. And so I, I kind of will peruse one of them, kind of take it down from the shelf and then just sort of fiddle w- with it. And, the as a as a designer, the viable projects for me they have to. I mean, it's, it's, there's there's it's, a process to it. I yeah, mean, there's a process, yeah. to it, but it's it sounds strange though because I think I think what is so interesting about working here as opposed to the work I do with Phil or for other little side projects is 
I'm forced to think about commercial viability. Yeah. And it isn't a bad pressure. It's just, I know, for instance, that like a strange game I might be working on, like late 19th century US Indian policy, mm-hmm. is not. Might be so niche. Yeah, there's not a just, big market for it. Yeah. Right. And that's fine. There's a, a big enough market that, that that thing could, you know, be seen to fruition, but it doesn't need studio resources. It would never be a product I'd like pitch yeah. to Patrick. So thinking about. You know, I, you know, having a, having an idea, being personally compelled by something in the theme or something, some, uh, design element or mechanical element, uh, that's good. But unless I can think about it as a potential product, it yeah. doesn't really like it, it, it's a non-starter. So I feel like when it comes to my own design, this is a very long answer to your question. Whenever I'm working on, on design here, it has to engage me on a thematic level and there has to be a kind of mechanical intervention. Like it has to be doing something mechanically that yeah. I don't feel like is currently being done. Uh, and then added to that, there's this commercial filter. Like, is yeah. this a viable project? And, is it marketable? Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it like, you know, is this going to, is this, a, is this well matched to our audience? Well, I like your idea when you're talking about the ideas and, and a saying that I've heard often is ideas are a, a dime a dozen, but those that can put those ideas to action are worth their weight in gold. And so there's a lot of truth to that. And, and but, it, it's a little bit of a question about bandwidth. And, yeah. and I think this is true for a lot of people um, who work in industries like this. You know, you might have a, a pretty good idea and it might be um, might be interesting, have a good story to tell and all that. But there, there's a question you have to ask where it's like, okay, you know, like, I have a I have a, a a studio design I'm working on right now, and I like it. But if it were to be something I would kind of officially pitch to the rest of the studio, I need to make sure that I'm going to be comfortable spending the next six months of my life like working full working time. Working, yes. It, right? and that's, you know, we only have so much time <laughs> because now you know what the real development process is like. Oh yeah, yes. certainly. And it, you know, so you end up getting this like impossible backlog. And the question just becomes like, is this the kind of thing that you want to spend spend your time on? So yeah. just sort of speaking generally in terms of process, uh, you know, Patrick will have certain projects that he wants to to work on to push forward, and I've I've got others that I, w- I want to push forward. There'll be a point where the project will um, prove itself to be viable, and at that point, you sure. know, we we take it to the company and we're like, all right. Is this the next thing that we want to do? Can we talk about a production yeah. timeline? But before that happens, there's this kind of long incubation period where you get to be kind of promiscuous and float in between different projects. That's kind of where I'm sitting right now. And sure. it's a lovely, it's a lovely place to sit. So Cole, I can tell immediately that you are passionate about games, that you love them. Where did that love come from? Tell us the story about kind of how you got started in gaming. So I grew up in a family that played lots of games. And I mean, like, games in the most ecumenical, lower G possible way. We, growing up, my parents taught us how to play chess and backgammon and checkers and euchre and all those Mm -hmm. games very early. Sure. Uh, But also, we were playing games outside. We were playing lots of sports. Okay, yeah. And, you know, encouraged, like, make-believe and role-playing games and all that was encouraged well beyond, you know, the, the standard the standard uh, lengths of time where you'd usually tell the kids, hey, stop playing make-believe. And I was also lucky I had four younger siblings. I'm the oldest of five. Sure. So, you know, the, uh, 
sometimes I, I'll, I'll communicate this to people by just saying, like, like, we never really stopped watching, like, kids' cartoons because there was always a kid in the house, right? And so I ended up – games were simply a part of growing up in my household. And sure. I had a couple of sort of lucky breaks. I had a friend who uh, – his he had an uncle or a grandfather who was really into uh, Euros in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And – he would get his 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 grandson the the, the new euro whatever whatever was the new whatever that was the, 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 yeah. the spiel that year what he'd get so when he, when I was in middle school I like played Puerto Rico nice and so I just I didn't I, I wasn't uh, being um, <laughs> it, it was it was less to do w- with my own it, it was mostly luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I was encountering all these like very awesome, wonderful designs sure. at a young age, and then they were getting played a lot. And we, you know, we had weekly risk games and all of that. And then, so, you know, I, I was I was surrounded by people who were interested in games. Was being exposed to lots and lots of different titles. I grew up mm-hmm. in the in the Midwest um, in northern Indiana, where there's just a really big community for gaming. Yeah, and absolutely. then. You know, when I went off to, to college, I was able, you know, the thing I took with me were some of the games. And we just, I just kind of kept playing all through just Kept all through going. School. That sounds awesome. Cool. Well, Cole, what would you want to tell the listeners about the future of this podcast? Like, what can they expect? Every day, so much happens at the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to arguments about art direction or game design. What's better, miniatures or meeples? Right. And, you know, <laughs> how we should, you know, how we should do a certain thing. I mean, actually, with respect to that, like when we were, t- when we were doing Root, I mean, what Clay was alluding to is like we had a long, like a week long argument. It was about, a battle. Yeah. It was a battle. It was a battle about <laughs> yeah. miniatures versus meeples for Root. Those, um, those sort of points of friction and those decisions that get made. Are interesting. And yeah, absolutely. They're yeah. they're not things you know. I think that we the they're interesting conversations, and they're conversations that I think um, will help people learn a lot about the industry and the publishing process for folks who've always wanted to learn those things about it. Um, and be, because of those decisions, I think that for the podcast, it's kind of our way of providing everyone out there with a window into the day-to-day operation of the company, which could be, you know, the operations folks like Clay and Jake talking about um, distributor conferences and the kind of nuts and bolts of like how, sure. how you actually get, get, how actually, how a game actually gets to your local game store. Um, or like an episode could be Patrick and I arguing about some really mundane point in, 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 in design, in, in, in yes. a design we're working on, <laughs> yep. or, you know, uh, conversations with the artist or with Nick, our graphic designer about, you know, learning different techniques and kind of like how you actually go about laying out a deck of cards, things like that. I think the podcast is an opportunity for us to show, uh, our fans out there how the company operates on a day to day level and the kinds of choices that we make. And I hope, I, I think personally, I find that those sorts of behind the scenes choices pretty interesting and i hope that other folks do too yes and as a company we really believe in what's called transparency so that's part of this too is we really want to peel back that curtain let people get to know us uh, get to know what happens in the game studio and uh just let you take some glimpses into that process and see how what we do and how we think and and uh, get to know us
Well, we've reached the end. I uh, hope you enjoyed this inaugural episode of the Leader Game Studio Cast. I'm excited about the future of this podcast. Next time, I'm going to be interviewing Patrick Leader, CEO and founder of Leader Games. And if you have a topic that you want us to cover or something you want to learn about Leader Games, drop us an email and we'll cover it in a future episode. Thank you. Thank you.